Hi, y'all. This is Jason. Before we get started on today's episode, we wanted to take a moment and pause in the wake of the violence that shook our community Sunday night at the Greenwood Park Mall. We want to share our most heartfelt condolences to the family, friends, and co-workers who experienced loss. We are grateful for the actions of the Good Samaritan who put his own life on the line to protect others. Our thoughts and prayers are with you all during this time. Hey, Jason. How are you doing today? Doing good, Chris. How about you? I can't complain. There you go. Nice. Welcome to Leading Serving Podcast. Yep. I mean, our, our goal is to uh, serve those that we lead, um, those we love, those that we lead, um, and just fight for their highest good. Sounds awesome. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, been having some good guests on lately. Yes, we have. I mean, if you're just tuning in and uh, you haven't caught uh, like Trail Kelly or Chief Jeremy Pell over the last few episodes, man, go back and catch, catch those. Those were yeah. some good, 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 good conversations. A lot of good, good, so, good nuggets in those. That's right. That's right. So you surviving the summer? So far, so good. <laughs> I've, I've, it's been warm, but I mean, it's been good. It's yeah. Just busy, busy. This yeah. summer always brings a lot of stuff. Right. Just trying to keep up with it all. How about you? Uh, I mean, it's just hot, and we're you know surviving, but uh, um, it's about your to get... air conditioner went out the other day, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> of course, fixed? on the holiday weekend, right? On a Friday night at like ten o'clock at night, because that's when they go out, right? Of course, you didn't get the memo. Yeah. I yeah, it just said we're done. Yeah, and so I called my friend Chris Wood. Do you know him? <laughs> Don't call Chris Wood. <laughs> no. I appreciate you figuring out how to get me up and running. For sure. So for much, sure. So I'm much. Glad, but, to, glad to help. Yeah. But by the time this episode drops, I hope to be um, out west. Yeah. We've got a, a family vacation Getting planned. a little hotter out, out there. I, I haven't been checking the... Okay. I haven't been checking weather yet. We're, okay. we're about a week away from leaving. So, oh, so don't need to get, um, look into it too much. I just hope I get one of those crisp, cool, you know, mountain air nights, um, even if it is in July. Yeah, I'm, I'm and where are you going? Uh, in Denver area. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. We, so we lived there for yeah, we lived there for over a decade, and okay. the summers are hot. I mean, the sun gets hot during right. the day, but, but you can go up in the um, mountains. It feels good, and so we get to connect with some friends and family, and cool. we're looking forward to that. It'll be cool. good. That's It'll awesome. So, so what are we talking about today? Well, uh, we are going to jump back to a tool that we introduced early, early in the podcast. Okay, um, called the seventy thirty principle, and we just want to. Just kind of refresh our thinking around this, because this is one of those tools that you want to uh, just kind of self-evaluate every mm-hmm. once in a while and just say, hey, where am I at? Where am I? Am I turning up? Am I turning down on this? Right. Um, you know, am I moving in the right direction? Because um, a lot of times, you know, as uh, as leaders, we take on new tasks, we take on a new project, we do something that we don't... I mean, I... What, one of my, maybe it's my strength, but it's also my weakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love learning new things. Yeah. And so new projects come along. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Ah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and so I jump on it. Um, but then I start getting into the project going, okay, this was fun on the front end, but right. now it's not. I've learned it, and now I'm ready to kind of hand this off to somebody. You right. know? <laughs> and sometimes I hold on to stuff too long, which would cause my 70-30 to, to start trending downward, mm-hmm. you know, that I might be hanging on to things. And so let's explain that. All right. All right. So there, there's two different types of activities that we get into. One is just our natural strengths. 
Mm-hmm. It's something that um, we're just naturally good at. We have, we either have the talent, we read half a book and we're like, Oh, I got that. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just jump in and you learn it and you're like, okay, I love this. I love mm-hmm. this. And it, and it's something that gives you joy and, and just kind of energizes you in the end. And so, yeah. um, you might even have things in your life that you're really good at mm-hmm. that you don't even think about. And okay. if you ask other people, you're like, Hey, what do you, what do you see in me? Mm-hmm. They might be like, Oh, I just love how good you are at such and such. Right. And you're like, oh, I don't even think about that. Exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's your unconscious competence. Mm. You may not even realize that you're that good at it because it's just so natural to you. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And so there are some things in our lives that certainly line up in that area of like, you know, hey, I could kind of do that in my sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, then, you know, I love doing a great job and I pour my heart into it. But, you know, if I had to, it would just, it just slide out super easy. No big deal. (laughs) And, you know, so the, on the other side of that are things that are that are learned behaviors, learned skills, learned competencies, mm-hmm. and so these are your conscious competence. You know, you've gotten good at them because you've had to put the hard work in right. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like we um, we painted a couple walls in our in one of our kids' rooms yeah. over the week or this week, and my wife, you know, handed me the little edging brush. She goes, "I think this part's for you because you're you're a perfectionist. You enjoy it." Yeah. I'm like, I don't know that I enjoy it. <laughs> I'll edge along the roof, but it's just because I'm a, I, I can't handle the flaws. And so uh-huh. I want to make sure it's absolutely right. You know, <laughs> even though it's a room that nobody's really going to go in and look at. Right. You know? <laughs> so did you knock it out? We got it done. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. and the room looks pretty good. You know, okay. there's, I know where there's a couple of flaws, <laughs> but that's a conscious competence. Right. It's something that <clears throat> I've learned to do, and I can do it okay. I can do it, mm-hmm. you know, passably well. Um, but in the end, it doesn't. It didn't energize me. No, you know, I didn't walk out and go, "Oh, that roof line looks so good." <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, you know, it was good. Right. It was nice to get it done. Yeah. the room looks better. You right. know, blah blah blah. Right. Right. Um, so that's a learned behavior. That's a conscious competence versus those natural strengths, those natural behaviors that just come to you super easy. Um, you're just unconsciously good at them. Mm-hmm. And so we want to have a proper balance of that in our lives. Because you can imagine if you lived in that conscious competence, the things that you learn to do well, right. and you might, be, you might be at the top of your game on some of these things, right. but it still could be draining. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that comprises the bulk of your time and mm-hmm. your energy and your effort, right. Imagine what how quick and how fast burnout's going to pursue you. Right. Versus if you can, um, you know, focus on the things that bring you energy, the things that are just supernatural that, um, you know, that just flow from you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do with the bulk of your time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be ready for the next day. It's, it's too funny that we're talking about this today because I was having this similar conversation with my coach yesterday. Really? Yeah. And I was just like, I don't understand why I am just... So out of energy. Yeah. And then he was like, well, what are you doing? And then we kind of got into it, and I was like, this is driving me nuts. I hate doing this. And he was like, well, there's your problem. (laughs) There you go. Like It was like, I mean, and the crazy part was I was looking at him going, man, I just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, it's right there, Chris. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was something I am doing something. That I have the conscious competence to do, mm-hmm. but it does not bring me energy. It, it is right. It is, for a lack of better understanding, it's life sucking. Yeah, like, yeah. 
So it's just too funny that we hit, we're hitting this today. And it's hard for us to <clears throat> sometimes see it because we have gotten really good at it. Right. And yes. we can knock it out. And we might be able to knock it out quick. Yeah. And we might. And that's the like, we might be able to knock it out quick. And we might be the, the um, one in the room that can do the best at it. Right. But it doesn't always mean we should be doing it. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, Because it's like, even though they might not, they might do it at 80% and you would have done it at 100%, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about the balance. Okay. okay. We got these two things, right? Right. Um, the 70-30 principle um, mm-hmm. is that if you can spend 70% of your time doing those those unconscious competence, those natural strengths, right? Okay, those things that bring you energy, that will give you the the ability and the energy to go through the other thirty percent of the mm-hmm. things that that drain you, right? Okay, yeah, um, and so measuring that in your life of you know, like your coach was saying, you know, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> Do you enjoy it? Do you not enjoy it? What you know? Trying um, to break it down for me. Yeah, and you know, and so taking a look at um, you know, I've even taken weeks where I've written down all the different projects or all the different skills that I was working on that week so that I could kind of get a feel of like, what is something's dragging me down. I don't know what it is. Right. And so as I write them down, I'm thinking, you know, did this really energize me or, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you have that second reaction, you know, start figuring out, all right, how do I minimize that role? Who do I, like you said, who do I pass it off to? Right. Who else can do this? Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't do it as well as you, but chances are, if it's one of their natural strengths, Mm -hmm they're going to very quickly become better than you in it. Right. And so, um, you know, and so take a look at that balance in your life Mm -hmm. Uh, that around 70, 30, um, 80, 20, you know, somewhere in there, um, you're definitely in a healthy place Mm -hmm. that you're in a place that's sustainable. It's energizing. It's um, because, you know, once you get above 90, 10, yeah. There's no perfect world. Right, right. You're never going to be 100 0. Right. There's, no there's way. always something. Always. There's always something. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, if, especially if you're like the solopreneur, right. somebody's got to clean the toilets sooner right. or later, right? And that there's not... a lot of things you have to do when you're the solopreneur because it just it is what it is. Right. The buck stops with you. Right. It just is. Right. So, you know, you're never going to hit a perfect <clears throat> world, and it's probably not healthy to be in a perfect world right. either. So, in the at least with this law. So, you know, somewhere in that 70 30, 80-20 is, is the sweet spot. Yep. If the scale starts tipping in the other direction, if you start getting closer to 50-50 or, you know, or even 30-70, yeah, you know, the then reverse. you're, you know, when you're spending most of your time doing stuff that drains you, yeah. like you said, you're going to, you're going to finish Sunday night moving into Monday morning going, I don't want to do this again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For sure. You know, and somebody might look at you going, but you're great at what you do. Right. Well, I don't care. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and so it just, it causes that uh, discomfort and, um, you know, just, oh, goodness. Yeah. You right. don't, you don't want to be there. And so look for ways to change that balance mm-hmm. and strive for that 70-30. So um, you can delegate it out. You can hire it out. You can. Right. There's, and that's the hard part, too, as a solopreneur, as potentially as you're growing your business, if you're in the midst of that. Sometimes hiring it out is the answer. Right. And, and, and yes, that's going to affect your profit margin. Right. And yes, it's okay. And sometimes it's just okay to stop. And then there's that, you right? Know, how many things Trying do we... find that. You get going, you get in a routine, and months or years down the road, you're like, why am I doing this? Right. This drains me. This, 
it, you know, we, we don't even use these reports, right? <laughs> but I create them every month, right? Or I do, <laughs> you know, I, I always, you know, touch base on, you know, such and such, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, this isn't leadership related, but I think about, um, the lady that, uh, would cut the pot roast in half yes. before putting it in the oven. In you the heard oven. this story? I have. Go ahead though. <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, cut the ends off and throw them away. That's what it was. Oh, was it? She cut the ends off of the pot roast and throw it away. Uh-huh. And somebody challenged her. She's like, well, my, that's how my grandmother taught me how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and really got her curious about it. So she went and, you know, talked to her grandma one day and she's like, uh-huh. mom, why did you always cut the ends off the pot roast and throw it away? She goes, well, I didn't have a pan big enough. Yeah. Right, you know, and and yeah. now now I have a pan big enough, so I don't yeah, do that so anymore. Don't do you know, that anymore. <laughs> but, well, I've always cut it off, you know. So there's things like that that we just we just do and do and do, and right. you know. And so taking a look at, um, you know, what we need to stop doing, right? And you know, is it absolutely critical? Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. So I mean, let's let's strive for health in our leadership. Let's, yeah. um, you know, be Keep thinking about these things. And, you know, the teams that you lead. Ask, ask your teams, yep. ask your people, You're like, where do, where do you fit on this? Right. Is the job description that you have, the, you know, the role that you play on our team, is it, is it healthy for you? Right. Is this what you want to be doing? Right. Or is there something that, you know, we can turn, you might discover some natural strengths in your mm-hmm. team members that take you to the next level. Right. Um, you know, just because it's not on the job description, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, have these conversations, strive for health and uh, be a leader worth following, man. Sounds so, good. Yeah. I love it. Um, speaking of a fun, upbeat. Great leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about our interview today, man. So his name is Dave Beasley, and he is um, on the local police department here for Center Grove. Um, and just a phenomenal guy. I'm super excited to talk to him. Great guy. I love his upbeat attitude. And so I am looking forward to sh- him sharing some of the, his wisdom because he's also a coach a tennis coach. Yeah. Um, and so he's leading kids day in and day out from multiple facets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so through I'm, sports I'm, and through, yeah, yeah. And through the police department. So he gets yeah. an interaction with them on um, two different ways. So, That's which really is just, I'm looking forward to chat with him yeah. about that. So sounds good. Let's do this. Let's jump over. Okay. Hey, Dave, Thanks for joining us today. Glad to be on here. Thanks for inviting me. Let's talk about you, my friend. Let's get to know you a little better. Give us a little heads up on uh, what, give me some of your background. Where did you grow up? Where have you hung out? And tell me some of your your life story. All right. Um, I grew up on the south side, Greenwood kid. Okay. Um, born in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I was actually homeschooled. Okay. Um, didn't go to public school. All of us were homeschooled. There were four of us. Oh, well. All homeschooled. It was kind of like uh, before homeschooling was a trend kind of a little yeah. bit of a, I feel like a trend now a little but yeah. you're um, one of the cool kids now huh? well it was like one of before like had a bunch of online stuff and it was like yeah. your mom you sitting like your, your mom's teaching you you know just a little different than <clears throat> it is now yeah but yeah so we were all homeschooled um actually lived in Whiteland uh, would have gone to Whiteland community schools okay but lived in had Greenwood address um yeah so South Sider moved to Florida for a few years three oh. or four years that's where I picked up tennis Oh, um, nice. That's where I started. My mom signed me up for a summer tennis camp and kind of hit home from there. Cool. I moved to like Boca Raton area, mm-hmm. um, about an hour-ish from Miami on the on the east coast of Florida. Still love Florida. Go back there. Try it right. every year. Nice. Kind of wish. Didn't leave. But <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I'm hey, not bitter we're, about we're, it. We're glad you're here. Just saying. <laughs> I know. Just saying. I get it. Throw that out there. 
got, I mean, our family's here. I talk with my wife all the time. I'm like, I wish we could just pick up and move. And she's like, well, mom, mom and dad are here, and her right. mom and dad are here. So I, yeah. It's part so of you, all your family's here close to you? Yeah, basically. There you go. Yeah. And your wife's family? They live. So actually, uh, we dated in high school. Okay. Um, and they <coughs> live probably, I mean, within five minutes walking distance, just the neighborhood over. Oh, okay. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And her, she, she, Hannah was homeschooled as well. So okay. homeschool family. So you gotta, you know, I gotta keep it. You know, homeschool families gotta keep it together. Keep it together. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta keep it in the cult. That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so after high school. Um, after high school, um, I initially thought I was going to go play, like, big D1 uh, tennis coming okay. out of high school. And I had a three, uh, two elbow surgeries. Oh, wow. Um, blew some cartilage off my elbows. Just bad genes. Okay. Um, the guys I was training with uh, went to play, like, Stanford, uh, North Carolina. Oh, wow. Um, and then, like, the guys I was playing with on the junior circuit, I mean, one guy's, like, top 30 in the world right now. And oh, I wow. seriously? And played with him, like, all the time. Yeah. Who's that? Um, his name's Tommy Paul. Uh, okay. He's like he's top what thirty in the world now. Wow. Um, Riley Opelka's out there too. He's like seven foot. I played with Riley too when I was younger. And wow. So it, it's a small tennis is a small world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so golf, your country club sports. I mean, right. It's very you know tight knit. Um, end up having, just I didn't even play my junior and senior year of high school. Oh well. Um, wow. And then I was like, I gotta go to college. So I called up the IUPUI coach. I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna. Just gonna see if I can come out and play. I ended up starting first year, played four singles for them, and um, kind of went on from there. I made the team every year. Okay. That, was, that was a blessing for sure. Very cool. Uh, paid for school. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. Good work. Yeah. Um, ended up being have all time most singles wins there at IPY. Um, so nice. I was super proud of that. Um, nice. And nice. then starting to transition into coaching now, and so that's been quite a change. But so under the so. Four, four years at IUPUI, is mm-hmm. that what you said? Yeah. And then came out with a degree in? Uh, criminal justice. Criminal justice. Which I don't recommend to people if you go into law enforcement. Oh, really? And my what? brother did the same thing. I told that stupid guy. I said, hey, like, <laughs> don't you get a criminal justice degree? And he did. He works for IMPD now. Okay. Um, he's a real police up there. Okay. He sees the real stuff every day. Um, wow. But you don't need a criminal justice degree to be a cop. Um, yeah. I always tell people, like, if you're going to go and be in law enforcement, get a degree in something you can, like, come back on, and, like, maybe an IT degree or maybe in a business degree or something that you can actually use in the real world. Criminal justice degree is, unless you're going to be a lawyer, I don't know. Right. But, right. but nonetheless, right. I, it was it was a good time. Cool. I checked right. that you, box, you know. Did you always know that, I mean, like, so then trans- transition from there, like, you always knew you wanted to go into no, criminal I justice? No, I mean, so a- I had a, a neighbor growing up that was real influential in my life. Mm-hmm. Um he was a Virginia State Trooper, um, moved here, moved next door to us, okay. and he ended up, he was a Secret Service agent for a long, long time. Hmm. Nice. Um, and then he transitioned to another smaller uh, federal office, mm-hmm. um, ended up getting Lyme disease, and has been uh, super in super bad shape for the last nine, ten years. But he was super influential in our lives, real strong believers, um, it, just real good people. Wow. And um, he influenced me to kind of just to go into law enforcement, and, and my brother as well. Okay. So, okay. So your um, brother's in... Yeah, yeah, he works up in Indianapolis. Oh, so he's the IMPD guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's just a year, year and a half younger than I am. Okay. So I'm 25, and he's 23 and a half, give or take. Yep. So. Okay. So where are you serving on the force then? Um, I work here at Center Grove Schools Police Department. Um, okay. We're pretty small, and I love it. Uh, so did you get on there right after school? I didn't, so school? I'll back up a little bit. So after school, um, I actually did an internship at IUPUI, through IUPUI. 
the airport has their own police department. Okay. Okay. Um, they have about fifty guys. It's not not super small. Right. Um, that was pretty good size. Yeah, not not bad actually. And uh, they sponsored me through the academy, and I went through uh, the, uh, the state academy in Plainfield, um, and then spent about a year, year and a half at the airport police department. Oh wow! I was kind of kind of specialized in uh, like did a lot of their body cam work, did a lot, uh, got that program rolling. Um, spent a lot on like on the VPNs, like working with um, getting connectivity to the cars and like making sure in-car Wi-Fi works and stuff like that. That was kind of my internship through to going through the academy. It was kind of like the IT world, and I really liked it. Um, That's cool. They oh, actually wow. offered me to stay there with IT work, but I couldn't turn down the job here down on the south side. Yeah. And get, oh, out wow. of, get out of Marion County. Yeah. So, so from there you came down here and got an opportunity yeah. at the Center Grove. So um, Jason Beck's our lieutenant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mutual friends i met him and he's like hey man we're hiring two people and uh, myself and another officer who's my sergeant now um got on so it's just connections man that's all it is wow yeah. just it's well and they're they're a good crew i love i love the guys i work with yeah it, I, it, it's great if you like want to work at your impds where there's you know 1500 people right um mm-hmm. I will absolutely love working with six or seven people and, right. you know, building a community and, you know, everybody. And mm-hmm. it's yeah. just a little different, and I love it. Love working with the kids. Yeah. So um, tennis has given me that outlet as well. I was going to say, so yeah. where does the tennis thing come back into play? Yeah, for me, it's kind of like I see my players in the halls. Right. Um, while I'm in uniform, and it's pretty cool. I can check on them all the time. And it's not from, like, a teacher. I'm not a teacher, right? I'm right. Not, I'm not a, a P guy. I'm not a social studies guy. Like, I don't see him in the classroom. But I'm able to walk through any school I want to and go see yeah. my, see my kids and say, hey, how are you doing? Or yeah. let's check up on this missing assignment. Or, you know, how's right. this going? Or So that that's really enjoyable that's to me. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's it's super, it's a super small community. I mean, we've got 2,600 kids, give or take, in the high school. It's a lot of people. That is. Yeah. Um, but when you find, like, your niche, which for me is tennis, um, it, it's 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 fun. And how many how many kids are in the tennis group? I mean, we have 2,600 well, in the school, but how many are in the tennis? On the tennis team? Yeah. Well, we push usually, like, 20 to 30 kids, pretty small, <coughs> um, a year on, mm-hmm. on the varsity and JV team. Okay. Um, so girls, so double that. So that's 60, give or take. And then we got the middle school program. Right. And then the summer program, we had, I don't know our numbers this year, but we were over 500 kids last year. Oh, wow. So I think we were the second biggest programs in the state. Other wow. Than, uh, second to North Central. So you have seen a lot of these kids even prior to them hitting the high school or even oh, getting yeah. in the program. We see them in work. elementary school. Right. Yeah. Right. We've that's got, awesome. So we start, I mean, we do youth progression all the way up to the um, what we consider the competitive um tournament playing group okay so the little kids are you know we got five six-year-olds out there right yeah <laughs> ashley fisk uh was our girl that had a shot at winning state last year mm-hmm. and she was in our um she was in our group <clears throat> from you know five six years old and now oh, she's wow. helping out those five and six years wow. old so that's awesome I, I obviously didn't know her when she was five and six because right i mean i grew up actually in this program um right uh but it's cool to see like how everything's like circular Yes. That is cool. But I, I love it. Absolutely love it. That's really cool. So. Well, along the way from IUPUI to, you know, becoming a school resource officer and, um, you know, tennis coach, what what's one of the biggest challenges you think you've had to overcome over over your adult development and, and growth into these these things? Like personal life? A per, or career or yeah. any, of the, any of the lives that you <laughs> – sure. any of the nine lives that you I, I feel like for me – I'm such a planner. I love I love to like, all right, this is what I'm doing. 
and this is where my life's going. And, you know, the Lord mm-hmm. has different different uh, ideas a lot, right? And right. I feel like I've got my life planned out, and that's been my challenge. Like, so I didn't, I didn't really touch on it. But my junior and senior year, I actually, I, one of my passions, I love horses. And I actually got into horse training real hard junior and senior year. <clears throat> I thought that's, I wanted to go to maybe Finley University and join their equestrian program. And I was, right. I was real into it. And, like, so, like, I feel like I had my life planned out. Like, maybe this is what I'm doing. Or maybe I'm going to go try to play on the pro circuit. Maybe if I'm healthy enough. And, you know, doors open, doors close. And mm-hmm. that, that would probably for me is just, you know, being flexible. And, mm-hmm. you know, taking what's in front of you and using your connections. And, mm-hmm. um just you know letting the lord lead for me is that that's that's what it is so was there a shift there or is there is it just something that just okay the door closed it's just not going to work out and therefore... it's more so doors closing that, okay. that's what it feels like for me okay. or doors and doors opening like getting this job at cg yeah um was just by meeting like talking with jason and be like hey we got a spot open and and i'm like nice. well that's a door and you gotta you know perfectly consider it and talk to your, your wife and your family and right. decide to make the make the jump but mm-hmm. i'd say that, that that's probably been the biggest hurdle like i again i when i was 12 13 years old i was top 10 in the country mm-hmm. as a tennis player and i right. thought i was gonna have a shot at playing Go pro on, yeah and so I, early on those doors opened and closed only you rec- you recognize that early on even in a high school career that hey you're probably not gonna be able to go pro yeah with this and elbow issue there's and athletics are so like, every <coughs> kid battles injuries you're lucky if right. you don't Right. Um, my previous coaches, they're up at um, Zionsville now, um, and they had a kid. They have a kid who's top five in the world right now. Oh wow! We're beating kids that are top five in the world, and he had very similar and not similar injuries, but very. I mean, you'd say career-ending injuries, but he's came back from them. So wow. it's just it, a lot of it is luck. I mean, it's just. And can I stay healthy enough? And can I do the right things to get a chance to even get a shot at playing professionally, at wow. least in tennis? So. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough sport on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and I didn't realize how be, uh, much of it is, but it's definitely a, a very intense. It's uh, it's grind. Yeah, like it's not just and, dancing around the court doesn't make it. And the hard part about it too is it's a small motor school sport. So the more time you take off and you get there, and like you're like, shoot, my hands aren't working the way that I that they were two weeks ago when you take two weeks off. Really? And yeah, and it's it's. It's hmm. tough to go hard all the time, but that's what the best players are doing. Yeah, they don't hmm. they don't take breaks, and that's bad for your body. Right. So yeah. Right. But so how do you balance that out? Yeah, that's a great point. For for my level right now, I'm just coaching high school, right? And so right. kids get good breaks. I mean, we've got spring break, fall break, winter break. Right. Um, so they have some built-in breaks. They've got built-in breaks, um, and so there's no real risk of super burnout. Right. Um, our top two kids right now, they play usually every other weekend for tournaments and mm-hmm. so they got a good shot at getting burnout and so we just got to stay on them and be like hey man are you still enjoying it are you still enjoying mm-hmm. coming out here and hitting tennis balls like yeah. that's that's the heart of it and for me that's everything like if you don't enjoy it and whether that be tennis or that be your sport whether that be like your career it's like let's like step back and look at this right you gotta right. enjoy it right, right. so we had hmm. a, i literally i'm just i just came from working out with a girl and um that was she was like it feels like a chore a little bit to come to practice and even train a little bit. I'm like, okay, we need to we need to take a step back and you need to take a week off. Yep. Yeah. This is it is what it is. And then you can't. This needs to be a release for you. Right. You need to come out here and be more stressed, and yeah. especially for right. high schoolers that right. You know, they are probably it. not going to go play professionally. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to <clears throat> freaking love this. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that that's how we try to balance it. And so and then, to that point, like, let me ask you this: like, when you're teaching somebody like that, 
how do you balance out the whole, okay, so yes, you need to have a break mm-hmm. or versus, well, you kind of, some of this you need to work through and grind through it and just continue with the constantly showing up for practice. You know, like I remember coaches being like, you just got, you got to go, keep going through the grind some right. to get to the point where you can get better so you can Absolutely. be where you want to be versus, you know, take a break for a minute and come back to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say with the, at least the group we have right now, if we could spend, if they can spend, you know, 15 hours on the court a week, that's mm-hmm. a good amount to see some real good progress. Um, there's not a lot of players that we have right now that are spending 15, 20 hours a week. Um, and so we don't actually see a ton of burnout. Okay. You have to be playing, at least from my experience and from what I'm seeing, at least for my, for my guys and girls, uh, <coughs> you got to be playing tournaments every week and you got to be playing six days a week to really get that. Okay. Um, so the so rest of them, you're like, all right, come on, let's go. <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time, it's like, hey, we're going to pick it up. We're going we're gonna to push a little harder here. Right. Um, if they come to you and express, like, hey, I, I just don't want to be out here right now, I'm like, that's fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Right. This is your right. life, and you need to you know, step up and take responsibility for it. Right. Yeah. So Just yeah. have the hard time. We don't, honestly, we, it, it's your top end guys and girls who are you know, playing, again, 20 hours a week and playing tournaments every other weekend. And yeah. they just get, it's a grind. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. As with any sport, I'm sure you guys know. I right. Mean, if you get deep into any sport, it's hard on kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I'm, I'm grateful that you guys are uh, thinking of that and challenging your kids toward that. Of, yeah. You know, do you feel excited about this or is this a chore? Because, yeah. you know, our youth culture doesn't need any more stress. Right. <laughs> no. And this has got to be a way for them to, you know, because like you said, how many, how many actually get to make the cut, you know, and move on in life? Exactly. That's, that's so hard. What a great opportunity for some of our kids, though, is um, there's a ton of um, scholarship money, especially for the girls' mm-hmm. side because of um, Title IX. Yeah. Um, a lot of our girls have opportunity to make some uh, – have some really good scholarships. Yeah. Really? So that's a real big deal for – and our guys, too, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah. I don't know how many we've had in the last handful of years, but we've had quite a few go and play, yeah. you know, NAIA. Again, I'll go back to Ashley. Ashley is playing at NAIA at, at Indiana Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. – um, She's she's getting scholarship money, and so that's helping pay for school. Right. And so right. my my mom and dad always joke. They're like, I I was able to I didn't pay anything for uh, for college. Nice. I was right. in my first semester, and my mom and dad were like, Well, you saved forty fifty grand, right? But we spent like two hundred on you. And I'm like, that's, that, right. that's fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. But they, they've got some good opportunities if they if they push through and they and they really decide to you yeah know, give it their all. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, well, I mean, my daughter just finished four years at University of Evansville. Okay. All she right. was a D1 diver. And okay, so you know all about it. Yeah, and at one point she's like, I just don't know about this. And we're like, just, this is your job. This is paying for school. You exactly. can go get a part-time job right. outside of class or you can keep diving. And she's like, well, I'll dive. Exactly. <laughs> I love it, you know. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got a mutual friend from years ago that when he had a daughter, he was like, she's going to learn to play the harp. Because if she learns to play the harp, she can go to any squirrel in the world. There's scholarship money <laughs> for harpists. Everywhere, That's so great. I don't care if she's good or not. <laughs> yeah. She's going to get scholarship. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it, 
That's a that's one way to think about it. Sometimes, it's tough for like parents. some some sports, right? Like you think football or baseball oh, or man. yeah, your your big your, your big three and, sports, and, right? That's hard, but like you can get in a kind of niche sport like tennis, like something that's a little bit smaller, or golf yeah. or swimming, or you know something that's not as mainstream. There's some great opportunities if you if you've got some talent and you put some yeah. work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you so, do a decent job at it. Absolutely. And I'm not sold on college. Like I don't think it's for everybody. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a kid that'll probably play varsity next year for us. It'll be is a great tennis player for high school, and he probably won't go to college. And I'm right. like I. I support that and I stand by you. Right, hundred percent. You got to figure out, you know, what works for you. Right. Yeah. You know. No. So. Chris hired one of my sons fresh out of high school. Yep. Yeah. Learning yeah. trade. He's, and he's doing phenomenal. Apprenticing, and so. Yeah. I I am all for, um, paid college. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> it's a great deal. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so. I, so. I, yeah, going in, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt, or, for you know. A, a gen ed degree. Yes, I mean, not, right. not exactly the that best answer. Not, I don't think so. So what's what's your favorite part of coaching? Wow. Um, <coughs> man, I just love seeing progress out of these kids. Okay. I love game planning um, for stuff that we've got, like, film on, or we've got, it like, um, someone's like, hey, we know the team. this team plays this way, or we know this guy plays this way, and we train and prep for it all week, or, mm-hmm. shoot, we may prep for a certain skill for six months. Um and I just love seeing the kids get excited about progress. Cool. Um, you like see a fire. We were talking earlier. It's like your daughter's seeing some progress. Like yes. your daughter plays tennis, and she's like, "Man, I'm making. Uh, I'm catching these kids. You know, I'm beating some of these kids. Maybe I didn't think I could beat before. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they get like they catch on fire, and they get that passion for that right. sport. Um, that's exciting for me because I rem- I remember that as a kid. To the point I'm getting two texts a day to have a conversation right. with you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, would you stop it? I get the point. Yeah. <laughs> But my my daughter's not old enough to I have that for me to have that experience with mm-hmm. her yet. But I would assume that's awesome to see as a parent. Yeah, you know, yeah, for them to I'm see excited. like the passion for something, right? And then excited. Yep. So yeah, probably makes you make makes you happy. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. But as a coach, that makes me that, that's mm-hmm. everything to me. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm gonna ask same thing on the other side, um, within your your SRO uh, role. Yeah. What what's what's the best part of what you do through the schools and law enforcement yeah there's been a big push to for have community policing i don't want to give like a cop-out answer cop-out answer. <laughs> uh, uh, but community policing has been big in the last you know 15 20 years that yeah. that kind of term but for me that's it because again we have a six-man department and we've got i think when i got on i was told i would have to run the numbers again but i think we had close to 10,000 kids and faculty in all of our buildings. So, like, if you think about it, like, as a city, and I could be be off on my numbers, but Mm -hmm. just give or take, we've got thousands, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's even if it's close to that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah. it's a lot. So, if we've got that many people, it's like our own city. Right. And so, there's only six of us to go around and actually build those relationships Mm -hmm. with, you know, your principals and your teachers and your kids. Right. And there's a lot of good that we get to do. Right. And and be the positive. Right. Right. We don't have a quota to go write tickets. Right. We don't have to, you know, stop everybody. And right. we don't have to make arrests uh, like all the time, like IMPD or Greenwood or Johnson County yeah. does. Right. So we're just different. Right. So that's, that, that's again, that's probably a pretty standard SRO answer. If you ask any SRO, like, what do you like? I'm like, well, building relationships. But that's what we do. Right. Right. That's, right. that's truly it. Yeah. So that's an awesome place to be. That's cool. Uh, I know there, there's plenty of people that have benefited from the fact that you guys are there and available and had conversations and also helped people realize that that it's okay to be friends with you with yeah. 
police officers like like yourself. It's yeah. cool, like at the end of the year when you're at graduation and you have got kids come up to take pictures with you. And yeah. You get, yeah, and then you get yeah. like here, here's my graduation or my uh, my open house uh, invitation. Yeah. Like we'd love to see you. Like that's cool. You don't that see that cool. as a normal police officer often. Right. Right. So let me touch. Let me ask you this. So now, since you brought that up, the person that's made a huge influence on you to be in this in this situation, the Virginia State Trooper, Mm -hmm. has he done or said anything that you've been able to pass that on to some of these younger generations that you're influencing now? Um, That's a good question. Because I, my guess is you're doing what he did for you several of these kids. But I'm just curious to know. You're saying as like as influential as he was for me, like what. Uh, or what's some maybe one piece of advice that you've been able to pass on from him that you got that you were able to give to these kids? Yeah, I, I would say some of the most influential stuff that he's he's given to me is so like in in policing you have um, it's kind of like a hierarchy. You got your you got your old heads, right? You yeah. guys have been there, you know, twenty thirty years, and then you got your new guys coming on, and him as a Virginia State Trooper, like he was a young gun, he was where he was running, yeah. and like the respect he had for the the you know the upper some of those guys mm-hmm. like just absolutely rubbed off i mean that just made me want to be someone that is respected like that as well right um yeah it, it, it's just again a lot of that was the passion he, he mm-hmm. had a, he had a true passion for um law enforcement and his was different than mine right he was he was running you know on the highway all the time and he was a secret service agent protecting hmm. you know the president and doing all those details and so it was quite a bit different policing right but still enough to rub off on me and mm-hmm. find my own path through it yeah so because um, there's many opportunities in the in the, there's so much there's so for example like he went from secret service to um he went to the oig office of inspector general and mm-hmm. the oig has um, their own federal agents for every branch and he was in the postal division and so like there's so many like real small like investigators wow, yeah Exactly. Huh. I, one of my internship was with the DEA, actually. Really? They, they were like, come on, come put an app in, put an app in. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to Buffalo. Like, I'm not going to Miami. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I was married at the time. Like, I can't swing that, man. Right, right. So, but you're right. There's a ton of opportunities. Um, and this is this is one that's been afforded to me. And, uh, again, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're, a, you're a pretty upbeat guy. You seem optimistic, and That's man, right. you are. <laughs> you know um, how? I'm curious. How did you process some of the? Um, uh, just put it in the sports terms: the the losses along the way. Whether that was just a simple match or a tournament, mm. you know, when you were growing up, or you know, hey, I've got, you know, some some injuries that are going to keep me from going pro, or, you know you know, along the ways through college or, you know, law enforcement that you're just like, I could let these things get me down, but I'm going to choose a different path. How do you process some of those things? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I just, I, I just have to go and reset. I mean, if some, some of that's big, right? I mean, a loss of a tournament. I mean, I remember like crying for hours because that tennis meant that much to me, like when mm-hmm. I was younger. Yeah. Shoot, I call, I cried as a teenager when I lost matches. That meant that much. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I wanted to. It meant so much. That I would want to. I puke before matches. I was that anxious of a player. Wow. Um, but for me, it was like I had to take a step back and just be like, okay, all right, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get down. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. That that's a tough one. What does reset look like for you? Uh, just time away. Okay. Time away and, and processing on my own mm-hmm. and getting away from everybody and mm-hmm. being alone and just 
think, okay, all right, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I joke, like, with myself mentally a lot of times. I'm like, I'm super blessed. I, my dad my dad tells me all the time, he goes, like, anything you touch, as it seems like it works out for you. Right. And a lot of them, uh, deep down, I'm like, okay, when's the next big break? Like, not in a good <laughs> way, but in a bad way. Like, when, when is right. the next thing that I'm going to have yeah. to experience? And not at, Lord knows if I would ever made it pro. Probably not, right? Chances are not. Mm-hmm. That was my life, and that like, like my world fell at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's small. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, looking back, I'm like, look where I'm at now. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm in a great spot. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know. <clears throat> you definitely have I, I've huge, been blessed. I've been blessed. You definitely yeah. have huge influence now differently than you had if you had been gone pro. You know what I mean? Like, Probably. It would you to influence people, but not near to the degree or the depth that you do now. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that. No, that's off. good. No. Um, so if I mean you're working directly with kids, whether you're in your your law enforcement role or your coaching role, um, and so indirectly you're working with families. You know what? What kind of message do you hope that? You know, our parents, our, our families are getting through, um, you know, through and for our kids today. What what are kind of what is what are some of the wisdom things that you would hope that you know, parents? Let's just let's focus on this with our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, man, I would just say personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially in our in our on our older kids, we tend. And maybe I'm not super old, um, but I feel like what I have seen in the last four or five years is when something wrong happens, let's push it off on someone else. Like mm-hmm. let's let's go ahead and shift that blame, right? right. And it's you know it's that teacher's fault or that's the, it's the kid's fault or it's mom and dad's fault, you know. And it's easy to do, right? We all do it. I would just say instilling, say, hey, we made this decision, and now we're, these actions have consequences, and, and let's figure out a way to get through it. Right, wrong, or indifferent. We've all done stupid stuff as kids. We all make mistakes. Right. We make mistakes as adults. Right. Yeah. And you got to make the bed you sleep in. And it's not like I'm trying to be tough here and I'm being militaristic with my kid. Right. But it's like, what's teaching some responsibility? And there right. are a lot of kids that are still parented that way. But that's what I would love to see these parents push push on their kids more and let them fly. Like, there's a lot of helicopter parents, personally, I think. Like, like I got to do everything for you. I got to make sure you, everything's like, T's are crossed, eyes are dotted, and it's like let's let these kids figure this out. Especially our older—I'm saying our older kids, right? right. Especially when you're high, yeah, high school. Like kids. we're gonna, yep. we're gonna, we're gonna let you do stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna help you, and we'll hold your hand along the way. Right. But I'll guide you through this. Right. So, I would say that probably. Hmm. Um, That's good. Yeah, I just—I have a one-year-old daughter at home. Um, yeah, so you're, it, you're it, new to the parents. So thing it's weird because like I work in a school, right? I'm a young. I'm a young guy. I work in a school. I see all these parents parenting the kids. I'm a coach. Yeah. I'm coaching mm-hmm. these kids, and now I got to figure out how to navigate this with my family right. going right. forward. So I feel like I'm gonna be like just overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like don't mess my kids up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, because being the objective outside eyes is a lot easier than being the one 24/7 on yep. the ground. And yeah, 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 especially. 
Yeah. Yep. It's easy if I've got your kid in class, right? right? And I can like I can yell at your kid for doing something something yep. stupid, but like, wait, should I yell at my kid or should I let another coach do that? <laughs> yeah. like, you know. <laughs> so yeah, they're. Uh, I don't. I don't care if my kids play tennis. I really don't. I right. want them to find their passion. I told my wife all the time. I said, I don't care if she goes and dances. I don't care if she does art. She goes and plays an instrument. I don't care what it is. Just do it and, and work hard at it. And love right. it. And love exactly. Love it. Bingo. Yeah. Love it. Ex- Have a passion for it. Yeah. If you don't, let's get out. I I, I didn't hit on it. I got burnt out big time because I was pushing six days a week. And I was mm-hmm. pushing 20, 25 hours on the court, mm-hmm. off-court stuff, off-court training. And then I got burnt out. And I didn't feel like I could say no at that point because I was so far mm-hmm. in. My parents had put in so much money. Mm-hmm. I had spent so much of my life, and I didn't feel like I could say no. So I have, like, a passion for that. Like, when again, if I go back, I just worked with that girl. And mm-hmm. she's like, it feels like a little bit of a chore. Yeah. Like, okay, I've been there. Mm-hmm. This isn't when we back off. Right. I'll talk to your mom and dad. I don't care. Right, right. We're, we're going to get this to where you still love and have a passion for it. So right. that's exactly right. you got to have a passion. Yeah. So mm, yeah. That's good. That's cool stuff. Well, how do uh, how does somebody find out about you if uh, they want some tennis lessons? <laughs> do, you, do you just coach kids or do you coach some adults as well? I don't really do many adults. Okay. Um, old, back in college, I did. Not right? yet. Yeah. No. Oh, you're you're no, on. No. <laughs> you're on the waiting list. I'm on the waiting list. <laughs> Go out. Uh, we got a huge pickleball community now. I'm telling. I'm oh, telling yeah, this guy about that's it true. forever, and yeah, he won't go out and play pickleball. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to schedule it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too busy over here. So, yeah. but yeah. yeah, how do we get a hold of you? Um, we, we can just run it through our Center Grove. You can yeah. contact us. We have a Facebook page. That's just Perfect. Center Grove uh, Tennis, and that's the easiest way. The okay. Easiest way. Yeah. Okay. Very well, cool. thanks for hanging out with yeah. us today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for yeah. sharing your wisdom. It's it's great to chat with you and great to catch up on what so, so many things that are going on. For sure. And yeah. I love, I love your energy and your passion and yeah. everything you're doing. So yeah. we wish you the best and and stay in touch. We'll do. So. Yeah. All right. And when you take adult lessons on, I know your first customer. Right. There you go. Right here. This guy. Right here. That's right. That's right. I'll come play too. Yeah. All right. I'd we'll get it going. To. I'd love to. Get some doubles. So. There you go. Right on. Hey, thanks, All right, thanks, thanks We'll catch yeah. you guys here again in just a moment. Jason, that was really good. I I knew I was going to enjoy hanging out with him, and I just, I mean, you called it out in the middle of it. Like, his upbeat attitude is just, it's infectious. It is. And I just love chatting with him. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for introducing him to me, man. Yeah. Uh, this is my first get, first time getting to know David. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was really cool. Yeah. So cool I've, guy. I've, I, and honestly, I just got to know him recently within the last six months to a year mm-hmm. um, with my daughter being involved with the tennis stuff. So yeah. just a phenomenal guy and just love his attitude and just, he's got so much going for him and such an impact. Yeah. he's making yeah um with the police department and then on top of that hanging out with the kids with the tennis and and mm-hmm. uh, and his heart is definitely in both places yeah, yeah. um he's definitely is I, mean, he, I think he's shared that with us really well today right um but yeah it was just great to see um where where all that passion came yeah. from in his life and i tell you i you know having kids who have gone through sports um not tennis i had a soccer player and a diver um you know, having them go through it, you know, at high levels of competition through their youth, mm-hmm. I was very just relieved and pleased to hear of how 
he watches his kids for burnout and mm-hmm. is always asking and challenging them, are you really enjoying this? Is this right. a is this a release? Is this a relief to come rather than a chore or you know, our kids don't need added anxiety these days. Right. And so I love that that he's, you know, challenging these kids, going like, No, take a break. Mm-hmm. If you don't enjoy this, take a break. Right. Let's get this where you do enjoy it. Right. And um, yeah, I loved that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. That is, yeah. Actually, kind of ties into the whole um, uh, leadership principle we talked about earlier about you know what do you truly enjoy and how does that give you energy? Yes, and um, yeah, he's leading in that way with our kids and our right. and our schools and yeah, building just building cool relationships yeah. with um, you know I, I think he mentioned after uh, before we went on the air with him that uh, he's got a canine unit. Mm-hmm. That he takes into the classrooms, and yes. you know, through uh, through his work with the dog, and yeah. um, you know, the kids just building relationships, and mm-hmm. you know, that's so needed in our culture in our schools today. Yes, I completely so. agree. So, thanks again, Dave, for hanging out yeah, with us man. today, and uh, yeah, we obviously uh, thanks for hang- thanks for you guys listening. And so, if you have any questions or we missed something, just shoot us an email. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah. Let us know what you're thinking, and. Um, yeah, give us a like, subscribe, check us out on YouTube. These, yeah, we do have videos hitting YouTube lately. We do the YouTube, the YouTube. <laughs> well, that's something cool. like that. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, you can actually see our face, facial yeah, expressions is, while we're making all these. Yeah, silly. We just lost a hundred listeners. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, have a great summer as uh, we wind it down i feel like we just started it and I now know. we're winding it down and saying hey falls here right school starts in like two and a half three weeks already i'm sorry i said that yeah. hey guys have a great day thanks <laughs> we'll catch you later